All right, Grace Point, good evening. Uh, Brother Brad's here tonight. We're going to teach again through the book of Matthew. We left off in Matthew, I think we left off at verse 34. So we'll be starting with verse 35 of chapter 9 of Matthew. We've been looking at the marvelous Jesus, Jesus being Jesus. We're going to continue there. Father, thank you for your word. Help me, Lord, to get out what you want to get out tonight to your people. Lord, bless our ears to hear, our eyes to see, open our hearts to revelation knowledge about who Christ is, Lord. Let us know the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints and the power that's available to us, Lord, the authority of the believer, Lord. Give us grace, Lord, to hear and to understand. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's pick up uh, at the end of Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them, because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. All right, so here we go. Jesus continues his tour. He's on a mission. He has a couple purposes. He wants to announce the gospel and wants to heal the sick, which he's doing. But he's also training his followers, his disciples. He's got that going because he's going to leave. And in just a couple years, he's going to be gone. And he's going to entrust this mission to his disciples. He tells them, hey, everything that I taught you, you teach others. Everything I commanded you, you go teach others. You need to teach the nations everything that I've taught you and everything that I've commanded you. Okay, so he's really also training them. And you'll see this interaction constantly through the book of Matthew where Jesus is announcing the kingdom, healing the sick, and he's also training at the same time. Okay, um, so Jesus is going through the cities and villages and he's teaching uh, and preaching. He's all teaching and preaching. What's the difference between teaching and preaching? Do you know? I'm not dogmatic about this, but teaching is informational and preaching is often inspirational. There's, teaching tends to go in more depth. It breaks out, you know, revelation, knowledge, and preaching tends to be, you know, it's uh, uh, an announcement. Uh, it's a lot of times, it's, like I said, it's, it's inspiring, it's encouraging, it, it, it excites us, it builds up our spirit. They're both necessary. You know, I tend to, actually, I'm a preacher a lot. I, I preach, I preach and teach. I tend to like teaching because I love to learn. I want to know. I want to understand. I like to dig in. But I also, I like, sometimes I like that preaching, get inspired to go out and, uh, you know, or get inspired to believe the gospel, get inspired to action. So we need to have preaching and teaching um, in Jesus' name. And Jesus did both. He had all the gifts. And what was he teaching and preaching? The gospel of the kingdom, the good news about the kingdom. And again, like I taught a couple weeks back, and healing every sickness and disease among the people. The kingdom of God and healing go hand in glove. I keep saying this to build your faith, to expect not just for God to heal you, and by His stripes you were healed, not just to heal you, but when you go out and 
proclaim the kingdom of God, that God would use you to heal others as you are announcing the kingdom. If you're that type of person where you're going out and telling people about Jesus to get your faith up, get your expectancy up, that the, so to do that, you need to believe. The kingdom of God, the gospel of God, the kingdom of God operates by faith and faith alone. There is no other thing it operates by. If you don't believe it, you won't see it. If you don't believe it, you will not demonstrate it. I'll give you just a small example. You know, the reason that I um, go out and I share the gospel, and I don't do it as consistently as I like or as much as I like, I'm not boasting in my flesh one bit. I could be so much more faithful at it. But the reason that I do it, and a lot of other people don't, you say, well, you know, you're just gifted at it. And that may be true. I may have some gifting at it, but there are days and weeks where I don't witness at all. I'm just like a lot of other people. When I live in the natural, when I'm just seeing in the natural, I just operate naturally. But the reason that I do it is because my eyes are open to it. I've learned to trust God. I've learned to hear God when God tells me to share with somebody. I've learned to trust Him, and I've learned to operate in that realm. Why? By faith. And any believer can share their faith or share Christ if their eyes are open, their ears are open to hear from the Spirit, to share their faith. Anybody can grow in it, okay? But you have to have faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. The kingdom of God operates in faith. Everything we do, everything we receive in the kingdom requires faith. The just or the righteous live by faith. If you don't believe it, you will not see it. <laughs> that's, that's an absolute fact. It's almost a self-fulfilling prophecy. Well, I don't believe in, boom. Well, exactly, and you're not going to receive it either. Not without faith, unless there's some sovereign move of God where he knocks you off your horse. You're just not going to receive it because everything, the just live by faith, and God expects us to live by faith. Faith in what? Faith in the Word of God and faith in the Spirit of God. The Word is truth. The Spirit is truth. When they come together, they're the dynamic duo of God, and they give us power. So again, you see it again. You're gonna, we've seen it throughout Matthew. He's announcing, preaching the kingdom of God, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. It's awesome. Part and parcel. And I've uh, been teaching a series on salvation on Sunday mornings. Was maybe pretty much done with it. Might have a few more lessons. May pick up on it more later. But uh, part of salvation, if you look at the Greek word, or being saved, it includes healing. The Lord showed me or, or, or spoke to me that God's purpose in salvation was to restore man back to his original design, intention, and purpose. Adam was created to rule in the garden, kind of like a co-laborer with God, to rule in the garden, to have dominion over creation. He sinned, betrayed God, broke the covenant that he had with God, ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Satan came in, usurped his authority, and took over. Jesus came back, took the keys from Satan, conquered Satan, sin and death, okay? And now he is Lord of earth, under the earth, the earth and heaven. He's Lord of all and we are in him and he is restoring us. He has restored us and he is restoring us back to our original intention. Healing is nothing more than restoring you back to the original design that you had. 
You know, I always think of the guy that stretched forth his hand. He had that shriveled arm, and he stretched forth his arm. Jesus was restoring him back to the original purpose and intention. That's what healing is. So that's why it's part and parcel of the gospel. It's part of the restoration. Our spirits are born again, receive the nature of God. Our minds are renewed. Our bodies are healed. One day, because our bodies, even though they've been paid for, the redemption of our bodies has been paid for, we still live in a dead physical body. It's subject to mortality. So it has to be quickened and healed by the Spirit. And then one day, we're going to get a totally immortal body, an incorrupt body that will never need to be healed. It'll, never, it'll be completely restored, and we'll receive the fullness of our salvation. Someone say, Amen. I can't wait to get a new body. I can't. I uh, won't need to be healed anymore. I won't have to fight against sickness and all these things. So they go part and parcel together. They say, Jesus saw the multitudes. And this is, kind of, what was Jesus' motive? He wasn't doing this. Jesus wasn't on some kick to build a reputation. He wasn't on some kick to make a name for himself. He wasn't trying to get power. The only power Jesus wanted was the legitimate power that the Father God bestowed on him. Jesus always humbled himself. He walked in humility. He didn't push and try to find his own way. What was his intention? He wanted to obey the Father, and he had compassion on people. It is so much easier to to, uh, preach the gospel, teach the gospel, heal the sick when we care about people. The Lord reminds me this all the time. It's like, Brad, I care about people. God cares about you, and He cares about other people. And Jesus uh, exemplified this heart. He had compassion on people because they were like uh, people that were like sheep that didn't have a shepherd. And He said, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. So Jesus was just one person, and the harvest was too big for just one person to handle. And God the Father is always looking for people that will willingly go out into the harvest and proclaim the good news of the gospel. At whatever level you're at, whatever you know about God, whatever you believe about Jesus that's true, He's always looking for people that will share the gospel, that will reach out and take their time to share it, and because He has compassion on people. And in our prayer life, we should incorporate this into our prayer life, that we should be praying that God will send people out, thrust them out into the harvest field to proclaim the gospel. Someone say amen. I'm just going to leave that right there. And remember, just emphasize, the motive of Jesus is always love. In 1 Corinthians 13, it says, make love your goal. As he pulls into chapter 14, he says um, that love should always be our motive and love should be our goal. Okay, always our goal. Love was Jesus' goal. He had compassion on people. He healed because he cared about them. He forgave sins because he cared about them. He taught because he cared about people. He always had the heart of God, which was love. All right, we'll just pick up right there next week. Thank you.